Welcome to Earth Matters, environment and social justice stories from Australia and around the world, produced in the studios of 3CR on the unceded land of the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation, in Nam, Melbourne, and going out across Australia on the Community Radio Network. I'm Judith Peppard. In October 2022, Earth Matters reported on community opposition to propose seismic blasting in the Otway Basin. At that time, the community was concerned about a 3D seismic survey being proposed by TGS and Schlumberger. So just starting to recover from whaling, and here's our federal government saying, yes, we choose resource extraction over protection of our native animals in their natural habitat. So it's about time that we are listened to and we are supported to implement solutions for country instead of these huge gas corporations taking and not only taking from the First Nations and the sea country kin, but from the Australian people as well. Yaron Cousins Bundle. Gunjitmaro woman and whale-dreaming custodian, speaking to Earth Matters last October. Since then, more companies are seeking permission to do seismic surveys, or seismic blasting as it's more accurately described, in the Otway Basin. And Schlumberger has changed its name to SLB. Last Thursday, on July 13th, 2023, Communities received the news that the national regulator, NOPSEMA, has accepted as complete the environment plan for the TGSSLB Otway Basin 3D Multi-Client Marine Seismic Survey. The environment plan is a massive 1,438 pages long and was prepared by a consulting firm in Perth. Communities have 30 days to send their comments to NOPSEMA. Earth Matters has been speaking with environmentalists and people who live and work along the coast of Victoria and Tasmania. They're concerned about the impact the proposed seismic blasting will have on the Otway Basin, on the environment, the creatures, many endangered, that live in the ocean and depend on it to survive, and they're worried about how the livelihoods of people in the tourism industry and the fishing industry will be affected. Today we hear what's at stake and the actions people are taking prevent more seismic blasting. First up, Louise Morris, oil and gas campaign manager with the Australian Marine Conservation Society. I began by asking Louise to describe the Otway Basin. So the Otway Basin is a huge stretch of water which starts off the coast of the Otways in Victoria, spans down to northwest Tasmania. So you pretty much just draw a line from that coast from Melbourne through to the South Australian border. It's key habitat for blue whale, southern right whale, pretty much every type of whale you can think about that comes through Tasmania. Toothed whales, so killer whales, porpoises, and it is being absolutely smashed by seismic blasting. At the moment, what we're dealing with is two proposals, which combined are actually the largest ever seismic blasting proposals put forward in Australia. And when you think about how long Australia's offshore area from WA to the southeast has been targeted by oil and gas, you get a 
idea of how big these proposals by TGS and Schlumberger and Regier are. It's it's massive. The impacts are huge. And I think what is really galling is the fact that these oceans have actually been surveyed with seismic blasts before. So this is companies just doing it again and again and again so they can sell this information to oil and gas companies. And these are multinational companies. All multinational companies. TGS and Schlumberger. It's now a partnership between TGS and Schlumberger, who now want to be known as SLB. So you've also mentioned Regia, Marine Seismic Survey. They've had a consultant who's been doing all of their public consultation, who's a private consultant who used to work for the regulator. So we've got the TGS Schlumberger partnership and Regia with these two massive seismic proposals. These seismic proposals also overlap marine parks. So not only are they double blasting, they're blasting over Commonwealth and state marine parks as well. There's already been a lot of seismic surveys, as you know, and blasting in the Otway Basin. Why are these companies wanting to do more? They want to have their own unique data that they can sell, saying that this is new information most up-to-date, now using more intense blasting, known as 3D blasting, which gives you deeper, harder, faster data so that you can figure out where you want to drill for oil and gas. There's also another looming issue of carbon capture and storage. So this is something we need to be super aware of when we are looking at seismic issues. We're used to seeing it being used for prospective new opening up of leases, but the Otways, the Gippsland, the Bass, the Northwest are all being proposed right now by the federal government for massive acreage releases for carbon capture and storage. So just to add another layer to this layer cake of awful, we've got multiple threats to our oceans and seismic blasting is the beginning of all of them. And that's one of the reasons we're so focused on trying to stop this increase in seismic blasting and these massive proposals because the damage it does to our marine life is understudied. Things we do know, the impacts on whales, you're blowing their eardrums out. A deaf whale is a dead whale. The crayfish, the shellfish, krill, the foundation of the food system, they literally get pulverized by these high power processes. So stopping the problem at the beginning is the best way we can circumvent massive expansions of oil and gas and carbon capture and storage in our oceans. Louise Morris from the Australian Marine Conservation Society. Annie Ford is a campaign organiser for Surfrider. But before that, she worked as a marine fauna observer, or MFO, on a seismic vessel, one of the more lucrative positions available to marine science graduates, and it involves shift work, being on deck looking for whales or other marine mammals coming toward the seismic ship and advising if the ship needed to shut down. Annie thought she was doing good things for marine mammals and the environment until she realised... There is no possible way you can see in every direction on that ship at any one time. There is no way you can look into the sun, so during dawn and dusk, you can't see a quarter of the ocean. You can only see what's on the surface of the ocean. There is no way you can see everything that is going on my job was phenomenally ineffective. The penny really dropped for me when I was on a support vessel alongside the seismic blasting gun and I could see the eruptions of water and I could hear it firsthand. And I looked at the other crew and I asked, is that, is that it? And they're like, oh, yeah, that, that's the seismic blast. And it really horrified me. A lot more stories started to come out once I started 
voicing my concerns. Once I started to question it, I started to do my own research. What did you find out? I learned that there had been very little research done. The Institute of Marine and Antarctic Sciences here in Tasmania had begun to do some research here off the Tasmanian uh, coastlines. That was all catalyzed by a mass die-off of scallops in Lakes Entrance, where the fisheries industry funded research because they could clearly correlate it with a recent seismic survey in the area. That research showed that seismic was directly causing mortality in scallops. They also found that there's impacts to crayfish. Their ability to navigate in space is really impacted. Their statuses, their inner ear equivalent. The seismic industry estimated zooplankton were only impacted to about 10 metres away from the blast, whereas IMAS, the university institute, found that zooplankton were dying up to 1.2 kilometres away from the blast, over 100 times further than the seismic industry was estimating. The further I looked, the more horrified I became. We do know that whales, they are disturbed and it's likely to impact anything that uses sound to navigate, to feed, to communicate. In toothed whales, their hearing is absolutely impacted. There's significant tissue damage in their ear and sensory organs. We understand how seismic impacts a small number of species and we can tell you how it impacts on the individual level of scallops, of crayfish, of larvae and zooplankton. But we can't tell you how that impacts on an ecosystem level. Research has been really limited to commercially valuable species, not so much ecological valuable species. For example, with a loss of zooplankton, the base of food chains in marine systems everywhere, that might be a small-scale impact with only 1.2 kilometres of a blast. However, these blasts are every 10 seconds, all day, all night, for potentially months. And that small impact becomes a very large impact very quickly. We don't know the cumulative impact of these processes and these practices. We absolutely need to be taking a precautionary approach here until we have further research. However, the research is telling us that this is unacceptable. This sound is resonating throughout our oceans during a time when we need to be desperately, urgently moving away from fossil fuel extraction, let alone consumption. So what kind of actions have surf riders taken on this issue? Our work currently focuses on one of the largest seismic blasting. We can't find one bigger in Australian waters. It's off the coast of Victoria and Tasmania and extends all the way to South Australia. It's 5.5 million hectares. This is an enormous proposal. It extends off the continental shelf into frontier waters. We have not worked off our continental shelf today. They are looking in new areas, which is really concerning. These, these are very sensitive, fragile environments and seabeds. And this particular proposal covers the Bonnie Upwelling, one of the most profoundly important sites in Australian waters. We are currently in the consultation phase with the companies proposing to do this seismic work. We're trying to raise awareness within the Australian population about seismic because every single person we talk to about this is mortified that this even happens and adamant to have a say and to help stop this once they're informed. Andy Ford from Surfrider. 
I thought it was time to head to the south coast of Victoria and speak with some fisher folk. Simon Nash is a second-generation fisher working out of Port Campbell near Warrnambool. His family's been fishing there since he was a child, and he worked as a deckhand for a number of years before setting up his own fishing business. Here's what happened. I got blasted by the Crow's Foot and Enterprise Seismic Servos about seven years ago. So what was the company? Origin Energy. In my first year I had two months of fishing and then that happened right across my front door. They were blasting all of my habitat. I was never going to catch anything if they're doing that, harming the fish. We couldn't fish in amongst their survey. Had to have a spell and then felt the effects for the, for the next five or six years really. So you've only just started fishing again? No, no, I've been fishing right through, but I'm only just starting to come out of that bad period, which I went through after that servo, which really blasted from the beach out all the habitat that I fish. I'm only a little boat. I can't pick up and travel anywhere. And they hammered basically every bit of habitat that I work. And tell me about your boat. You say it is a fairly small boat. It's just a small eight metre aluminium planing hull. Just a very little local boat. I travel maybe five or six mile each way and only a couple of mile out to sea so I can't pack up and move this is home these things seem to just keep happening more and more surveys for some reason over the same area this one that's coming up early next year's doing exactly what they did last time for whatever reason I have absolutely no idea is there any action you can take to stop it happening we've tried there's no real traction in the media no one wants to touch it Last time when they did this, we tried to get some traction in newspapers, local radio, all sorts of stuff, and we couldn't get any publicity about what they were planning on doing. At the same time, Origin happened to donate a heap of money to the Peterborough Town Hall and made the front page of the paper. How did you feel when you saw that? Obviously frustrated. The fishermen and the, the little local community groups that are fighting against it, it's the fishermen fighting for the fish. We fought pretty hard to try and preserve what we have it just keeps coming I feel like I probably lost I don't know 20 25 maybe 30 percent of my catch rate basically I went backwards I started not really seeing the little fish coming through behind the size craze and then we're seven years on now and I'm just starting to see a little bit of life coming back through not just the odd bigger fish you're starting to see spawning females and the little ones starting to come back I'm just praying that it's um not going to do the same thing really. This is one of the most sustainable fisheries in Australia, if not the world. I mean, we've been constrained with quota for that long. The fishery's in good shape. Fishermen in general have been very conservative to make sure that the, the fishery was well and truly on the improve. The damage is proven. That's the bit that gets me. That It harms the environment. Whale's a 30-ton creature. Imagine what it's doing to little tiny crayfish or the krill. No one says anything about the fairy penguins. When the fairy penguins get hassled by a fox on Middle Island at Warrnambool, it's on the front page of the paper, yet when the seismic testing happens, it kills all the krill, all the main food for these little fairy penguin hatchlings that are hitting the water right at that time. No one says anything about it, though. It just keeps happening, happening, happening. It's just one after another. They just keep going straight over the top of each other, doing the same places over and over and over again. If it was on land, they'd be all hell to pay. Out at sea, no one can see it. And it's funny how some of these people, the last time I went through it, they were actually working for Nopsema. 
now these people are working for the oil and gas company. It's like it's a strange, weird situation, really. Who do you trust? I just have no idea. Who do you trust? Who can you trust? I think that's a really important question. It sounds to me, from what you said, that you're in it for the long haul. You've got a long and deep connection with Port Campbell and with the fishing industry. I am proud of the little town. Like, I don't want it to continue on. I've got a young family and hopefully my young fella can follow along behind me when the time's right. And there's no reason why he shouldn't or couldn't if that's what he wants to do. The fishery, as I say, is in good shape and it's not the fishermen that are going to hurt it or harm it or greed or anything like that. Everyone's pretty conservative and happy with where it's at. It's these outside influences. Simon Nash, who fishes out of Port Campbell on the southwest coast of Victoria. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network, and today we're looking at seismic blasting proposed for the Otway Basin, an area extending approximately 500 kilometres from Cape Jaffa in South Australia along the south coast of Victoria to Tasmania. Craig Garland has been fishing along the northwest coast of Tasmania since he was a boy. He remembers when pollution from heavy industry in Burnie was damaging their unique variety of King George Whiting. What was killing them was the pollution coming out of out of Emu Bay from the pulp mill that was killing the fish larvae. And this is what the seismic testing does. It kills the plankton, fish larvae. When did that start coming into your area? The, the seismic testing. Mm. It's been going on for quite a while, but uh, a few years back they did some testing up in the northeast, which killed off a scallop fishery there. They found that it doesn't kill the scallops outright, but over a period of weeks they slowly die, and biomass was involved in that. And I've seen the before and after shots where they're letting off these sonic booms, the seismic testing, and what it does to the plankton and fish larvae. And having worked closely with Dr. Greg Jenkins from Melbourne University, and, and you know, you work with any expert or leader in their field and you pick up a, a fair bit of knowledge, and, and that's what happened with me. I became fully aware of the nature of fish larvae. You know, in the case of King George Whiting, they're only 0.3 of a mil long. The larvae, when it comes out of the egg sac, to survive, it has to go to the surface and then it, it inflates a tiny little air sac. And you can imagine how tiny that is on something 0.3 of a mil. And, and then I went to a few of the rallies against seismic testing and saw the displays from the scientists there and I thought, my God. If they seismic test for two to three months at a time, there's a blast that goes on that's louder than the Hiroshima bomb and that goes every few seconds. They have the potential and have had the ability to just take out whole year classes of fish larvae. You know, going for three months, the the larvae moves along on the tide, so you keep getting tide coming into an area where they're blasting and and you can lose a whole year class of of a a species. In the case of the King George Whiting, they, they drop the eggs far northwest by the time they settle there in the northeast. So you can take out fisheries, even though this testing is going on miles and miles away from areas concerned, it's preventing that, that fish larvae from reaching there. You know, they, they get away with this because it's all sight unseen. And the smallest things in the ocean, like the fish larvae, 0.3 of a mil, it's just wrong, basically. It not only affects fish larvae, it upsets crayfish, it uh, their stability, it flips them over on their back and then they're open to predation. This whole industry, we're, we're moving away from gas um, and you know, they're still persisting on doing this seismic blasting. There's really no need for it and we should be objecting wholeheartedly to it. You know, Not only are they killing our fisheries, they're causing climate change. Uh, the whole industry is 
is past its use-by date. Craig Garland, Fisher in northwest Tasmania, and we have been hearing about the potential damage of seismic blasting on fisheries for some time now. Here's a 2011 news item from the ABC. Scallop fishermen in Tasmania and Victoria have united as part of a fight for compensation over the death of $70 million worth of shellfish. The fishermen say seismic testing carried out in Bass Strait last year by a Victorian government agency was responsible. And the government agency referred to there is Geoscience Victoria, which was conducting research into the potential of carbon capture and storage technology. And since 2011, research by IMAS, the Institute for Marine and Antarctic Studies at the University of Tasmania and Curtin University, found noise from seismic air guns used for marine oil and gas exploration significantly increases mortality in scallops, and that it increased the mortality rate of zooplankton by two to three times, causing a significant reduction in plankton biomass up to at least 1.2 kilometers from the source. Back in Victoria, in the town of Port Ferry, people are preparing for yet another campaign to prevent further industrialization of their coastline, as Ben Druid pointed out when I met him on a sunny winter afternoon beside the ocean. Port Ferry was first exposed to oil and gas in terms of activism back in the Fight for the Bike campaign. Now we're getting exposed to a whole range of new projects that are aimed right at our doorstep. There are about 10 leases, some coming to within three nautical miles of Port Ferry, and they are going to be seismic blasted to identify where the gas is, where the prospective points are, to help companies who own the leases drill for gas. The lease that's right off Port Ferry is owned by Conoco Phillips. They have signed an agreement with a company called CGG who will be doing the seismic blasting and, and that company will, will do the seismic blasting and sell that data to those companies. Has this already been approved? Well, if you talk to the proponents, CGG for example, they'll say yes, of course, it's been approved. The government said we can do it. But all that means is that the government has said you have the right to give us a plan. And there's a whole process that needs to go forth from there where the, the company, in this case CGG, needs to consult with communities and relevant persons in Port Ferry and all along the coast and take into account the sensitivities and, and what the people think. And we'll be making it as hard for these companies as we can. So you don't want it? We don't want it. We have nothing to gain by supporting this project. No jobs for our town. And we have a lot to lose. Seismics conducted with air guns set off at 240 decibels every 10 seconds. These are explosive releases aimed squarely at our marine ecosystems, aimed squarely at the animals that live there, the fishing that exists there. And it's only just coming to light the sorts of damage this process does. Ben Druitt, environment campaigner from Port Ferry. And knowledge about the harm of seismic blasting is increasing as people become better informed about the science. And local government is getting on board as well. In 2020, the Colac Otway Shire Council established its formal position, which it reaffirmed in a press release last year. 7 September 2022. 
the Colac Otway Shire Council supports the opposition to seismic testing in the Otway Basin. Council has restated its opposition to seismic testing for gas and oil exploration in the Otway Basin by writing letters to the Prime Minister of Australia, Minister for Climate Change and Energy, Minister for the Environment and Water, Minister for Industry, Science and Technology and other relevant federal and state parliamentarians. Companies who want to do seismic blasting are required by law to consult with communities to get support for their plans. But it gets very confusing for communities when so many companies are wanting to explore in the area and often it's not clear who's representing who. The names of companies and their representatives keep changing. Here's Andy Ford from Surfrider. So many of the impacted stakeholders are coming to us. So a lot of fishermen are reaching out. A lot of community members that have learned about this uh, are telling us about their experiences with these companies and uh, how they don't feel like they're being heard that their concerns are completely disregarded. They've been unable to consult with these companies firsthand. They're, they're not able to access technology to, to have the online meetings, which is all that they're providing um, in so many of these communities. We were provided awareness of one consultation in person here in Tasmania, and we were only given a couple of days' notice on King Island, which we couldn't get to in time. They're certainly designed to limit availability of information and consultation with the Australian communities that that are at the front line of, of these impacts. For example, if these seismic vessels were to, to spill, it's their coastlines, it's their industries. If, if the crayfish or scallop industry is impacted, which they are, uh, it's the fishermen based off these coastlines that are first and foremost their livelihoods and their mortgages that aren't able to be paid. These communities need to be heard and they're not being heard by these companies. Annie Ford, National Campaign Manager for Surfrider Foundation Australia, on the problems with the consultations that have been and are being conducted. We're coming to the end of Earth Matters and would like to thank all our guests. Yaron Cousins Bundle at the top of the show. Gunjit Mara Woman and Whale Dreaming Custodian from SOPEC, the Southern Ocean Protection Embassy Collective. Louise Morris, Oil and Gas Campaign Manager with the Australian Marine Conservation Society. And you can find out more about their work and the science on seismic blasting by going to their website, www.marineconservation.org. And you can also find out about information sessions they're running. Annie Ford, National Campaign Manager, Surfrider Foundation Australia. Their website is www.surfrider.org.au. And if you live near Barwon Heads in Victoria, Surfrider has organized a community information event at 4.30 in the afternoon on Saturday, July 29th at Barwon Heads Community Hall, 77 Hitchcock Avenue, Barwon Heads. And thanks to Simon Nash, a fisher from Port Campbell, for telling us about his experiences with seismic blasting. And thanks to Craig Garland, fisher in northwest Tasmania, and Ben Druitt, an environmental campaigner from Port Ferry. 
And thanks to Gerald Freight for reading the Colec Otway Shire press release. Earth Matters thanks the Community Radio Network for their work in broadcasting today's episode and bringing it out to you and the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support. Earth Matters is produced at 3CR, community radio station in Nam, Melbourne, and we can be contacted on earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for now. I'm Judith Peppard signing out for this edition of Earth Matters, but do tune in next week for more environment and social justice stories. Thank you.